0: Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. This is episode 148. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So this is a pop culture episode.
1: Love some pop culture.
0: And we're going to try to take on the television sitcom this episode. What it means, why we like them, what are their roots why some of them stick with us the highs and the lows the the groundbreaking ones so there's a lot of ground to cover here guys yeah um and I don't know that we'll we'll do it all justice this listeners this may be a supremely unfocused ADD style
2: episode for us
1: so a normal episode yes I
0: mean (laughs) squirrel hey
2: who doesn't love that? so So, who loves you baby that's a cop show we already did that
0: one yeah and, and we are going to pull some of these out for episodes dedicated to those shows uh, later on. Uh, I know we have a MASH and a Seinfeld
2: Fraser. and a
0: Fraser, uh coming, so there may be more of them that we pull um, down the road. But first, as we, as we launch into this, I know I wanted to ask Robert here. Yes. Because he really brought up a good point during the tiny bit of show prep we did. Um, about the roots of the television sitcom.
1: Right. So, you know, sitcom, situation comedy. Yeah. So, you know, I like to look at things in con- not just local context, you know, because sitcoms of every decade have had a different context uh, sidely, and that's reflected. But as far as where did this whole idea of a 20, 30 minute, sometimes very rarely, but sometimes an hour, comedic show come from and so start thinking about well you know there were the radio shows most recently prior to the the tv so you've got the radio but where does even that come from you go back even farther and you're talking plays and once i got there i realized holy hell this you this goes all the way back to greek theater yep. yeah you know i was thinking about my ap english class from high school and how uh funny, I thought, the play Frogs was. It was by Aeschylus, if I remember correctly. Uh, And although it might have been one of the other guys, but, you know, there was Aeschylus, there was Sophocles, Mm you know, there's a phenomenal amount of stuff uh, that the the Greeks wrote. You know, we only have a fraction of it, but the comedies aren't always funny. It just usually means nobody died. (laughs) Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Let's, the difference between the c- tragedy and the comedy—the comedy had a happy ending, basically, yeah, or at least you know nobody died. <laughs> I mean, so it, it wasn't tragic in that sense. Um, but you know, some of those were genuinely funny, and I was really surprised because I did not expect to enjoy that particular play, *Frogs*. And so I kind of opened my eyes. Like, hey, you know, this kind of stuff can play beyond the you know the time yeah. it was
0: written. It, yeah, when you think that humor is two thousand years old
1: and we still get it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, that's kind of interesting in and of itself that something written really that was, you know, 2500 2, years ago. 2500 years ago. That that kind of thing can still be funny to a 17-year-old kid in there's high a, school. There's
0: there's a continuity to the human experience.
1: Very much so. Very yeah. much so. I
0: remember laughing out loud at uh, Moliere. Yes. Oh yeah, school.
1: Moliere is another great example. And, yeah.
0: And that's that stuff that's what 250 years old.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, so when you start thinking about situation comedy it really is examining the human condition and making light of it yeah the best of it is making light of it in a way that is, is you know not just you know funny ha-ha, but funny mm. Mm. profundity yeah poking,
0: poking the hole in the hubris
1: yes so, that's the best of it and, that's you know the, best the Greeks that's what they were best at yes because you know, I mean hubris I mean is that's not I mean, that's just such a Greek tragedy kind of thing. Yeah, I think we've
0: used that word 25 times in the last four episodes. I know. Hubris has been a a word of the day. Well, you
1: know, we hadn't used it for a while. Uh, Yeah. We haven't gone to pathos and ethos yet uh, in a while. Oh,
0: I love pathos. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, But yeah, you know, listeners, you may not know this, but Hallmark did not invent the romantic comedy.
1: No, they did not. Uh, I mean, <laughs>
0: just just dig up "Taming of the Shrew." Right, I was going to say, uh, even Shakespeare, Shakespeare <laughs> didn't invent it; he perfected it, perhaps, but he didn't invent he made it. it. Made it great. Uh, so that's I wanted to start there with that. You know, that's the basis.
1: Well, it's universal. Humans,
0: yeah, humans have been able to look at themselves and laugh at themselves for years. Centuries. So centuries, yeah, uh, uh, two millennia. So, what else would you fill this new medium of television up with? Right. But things that make people laugh.
1: And, you know, the ability to laugh at ourselves is what sets us apart from animals uh, in many ways. It's one of those major things, yeah. obviously. You know, sense yeah. of self different from, yeah. from others and all all yeah. of those things. But, uh, and, you know, you're looking at a dog, you know, dogs have joy and they find things humorous. Anybody that's had a dog and has observed. Dogs can find humor in things. Now, they just don't express it the same way we do. But they can't laugh at themselves. You know, they can have fun, but they can't laugh at themselves like humans do. And essentially, that's what a sitcom does, is it helps you find the humor in what you think is somebody else's situation, but more than likely, it still probably touches you too. Well, it's also deeper than the simple slapstick
2: of some of the early live television shows that you would have, uh, and that would be sketch comedy. This is not that at all. This is usually from familiar situations out in the world. This is human-family yeah. relations yeah. or neighborly relations. Yeah. You know, two,
0: or, two, two main categories of the sitcom is the family life versus the work life. Right. right. That's, that's our, you Well, that's you know, the
2: situational comedy. Yeah. I, you know, it's important that we differentiate that because between some of the others like yeah. the variety shows would often show. Right. Well, you
1: know, variety show sketch comedy, that's more akin to stand-up. Very much so, yeah. Then, Red Skelton was enormously popular for years. Oh, yeah, Jack years. Benny.
2: Yeah, Jack Benny. And that's what they were. That was a very different... They were yeah. not situational.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and even, you know, when you look at the non-sketch um, and or, or even the non-situation, you know, things like uh, Groucho Marx, you know, the Marx Brothers. and They did not do television, but Adam Costello did television. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, theirs was kind of a mix of situational, uh, sitcom versus sketch, because... Uh, often their shows were uh, almost like one-offs every week.
0: Yeah, it's an out, outgrowth of vaudeville, uh, right? It's stage, of vaudeville, stage, stage comedy, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: which again is an outgrowth of these earlier things, just gone in a slightly different direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know they all have similar roots. It's that ability to laugh at ourselves and find humor in, and even to find humor in things that are dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Generally, yeah.
2: also you have recurring characters in these shows. Yes, and that's that the, is the.
1: the, the Probably the most defining aspect of that type of comedy, yeah. yeah which, so but, probably, you know, but, but appeal, we love characters. Characters yeah, the is the appeal we, of a character. That's what we bond in. to, and, yeah. and
2: uh, television producers very quickly realized. Yeah, <coughs> we will tune in to watch Andy Griffith because we love Andy, well, right. and we love Opie, and we love Floyd, and, and all Lucy, the rest of them. and Lucy. But well, Lucy. I'm glad you mentioned Lucy because essentially it's her and Jackie Gleason. Let's start this, yeah, yeah. to make these things phenomenal. Those yeah.
1: two early television years, you, know, you talk about. That's why people tune in. That's really why people tuned into uh, even uh, sketch shows and, and uh, things like Abbott and Costello with a different uh, story, for lack of a term, and characters. Because they weren't tuning in to see what characters Bud and Lou were playing. They were tuning in to see Bud and Lou. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, it, and it's very difficult sometimes. Yeah. To differentiate,
2: and you don't always do that, the stars from the roles. Right. I
0: mean, yeah, Bud and Lou were the same, and you know, were
1: and then Three Stooges, same, same thing.
0: Yeah, same characters in every every short or every film. Uh, so you weren't looking for them to play a character; you were looking for them to play themselves. Yeah. What shenanigans are they yeah. going to get? Are they going to get into? And in a lot of these great sitcoms, that line is blurred as well. Very and much Lucy so. did it. Jackie Gleason does it. I mean, you you can't tell where. Ralph Cramden
2: ends and Jackie Gleason begins. And he made a career out of that. I mean, I actually, I ran into him on Pluto TV on the Johnny Carson thing. Yeah. Uh, which I love, we love our Pluto TV and the Carson Revers are hilarious. And they brought in Jackie Gleason. This is in like the, this is in the eighties and he's still, they ask him, do how sweet it is. And he does. And you know, he's, this is, you know, 30, 20 years later, almost 30 years later. Uh, that became so iconic. yeah. And that was, when it's good, it's good. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons th- when the Honeymooners was yeah. that good, Lucy, you know, we can't To me, that. Lucy is the epitome
1: yes. of comedy. Uh, she, Lucille Ball was, she was Michelangelo, G.K. Chesterton, genius level comedy. <laughs> yes, she comedy. was. As, as comedian, she it, was. Yeah. So much so that she would
2: reinvent a new show periodically. You know, she had yes. four shows.
1: Yes, uh, three the, of
2: them were fairly successful. The fourth one, well, the kinda, fourth one kind of it was it, it, the ship had sailed, and it was. So yeah. that well, was the, in the
1: seventies. That's the one she had with her kids. Uh,
2: the, it was later than that, I it, think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, there was one. I think all the way into the eighties. Yeah, really? yeah. Okay. Well, she the three that yeah. she did. Of course, I love Lucy. The Lucy Show, and then Here's Lucy. Yes. Here's Lucy was the early seventies. Uh, that was
1: pretty successful. Yeah, that was, uh, and still that really... was also
2: with that was with Gail Gordon.
1: Yes, yeah, he was in the uh, ones beyond the uh, yeah. right after the. Uh, he was Lucy, in the Lucy
2: yeah. Show with Vivian Vance. Yes, whereas Here's Lucy is just Gail Gordon and Lucy, uh, and I you you can still see these things out there periodically. This is hilarious. It's 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 tremendous. It's got those vaudeville roots in it. It's got that physical comedy that she does so she well. She
1: was. The bomb at physical comedy. Uh, John Ritter uh, once was talking about uh, uh, his greatest influence in his comedy, and it was Lucille Ball. And as soon as he said it, I realized, oh my god, he is the male Lucille Ball. Yeah. When yeah. you look at him in Three's Company, he is the male the, Lucille the, Ball.
0: The body movements and the expressions are all yeah, yeah. very much. Uh, so that's yeah. I mean, that was the two I wanted to start with for sure. That we had to recognize. I love Lucy, uh, incredibly groundbreaking. Well, yeah, you you've She's, got a
2: Cuban husband. Yes, yeah. You so, just don't so, do that. Yeah. In the so 50s. someone that's
0: that's considered basically a foreigner at the center of the show, plus the lead being female, uh, that was that was huge. Right, it wasn't. I love
1: Ricky. It was. I love
0: Lucy. Yeah. It was and hugely yet,
2: groundbreaking compared to Ozzy and uh, comes on and sings.
1: Yeah, I mean, often I mean they give him a number that he's doing in these. Well, things. it's their those. show. It's Desilu Productions. I mean, that's the other thing that's really amazing about Lucille yes. Ball. You know, we have Lucille Ball to thank for Star Trek. Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's production. Yeah, it's their production nice. company. yeah, and then the Honeymooners again, incredibly
0: groundbreaking. Uh, uh, only thirty-nine episodes, but they were a look at working class. Blue collar folks, blue collar folks, like you said, a a cold water walk up flat in New York. This it was just different from the aspirational
1: tone of other '50s programs, Uh, right? Even when you look at the like the radio shows, uh, or even movies that were comedies, you know, it always had that. Even in the middle of the Depression, uh, it was either about people who were well off. Or people who were doing a lot better than the average guy. Yeah, they at always, least looked that way. It was yeah.
0: always a, right. an attempt to move up that that middle class appeal. I mean, those were your viewers to a large degree. These yeah. were people who could
1: afford a television. Yeah, Cary Grant's wearing
0: suits. Whatever, well, just about whatever he does? People yeah. wore
1: suits all the time the yeah. back then. I mean, people wore suits to ball games. Yeah, you're yeah, you're shooting your hat uh, to
0: yeah. go outside. Uh, so to have a guy front and center that's wearing the bus driver's uniform. Uh, you know, and, and struggling to get by every week. It, it was huge. It was groundbreaking.
1: Yeah. And, you know, because it was real. You know, it, that was more the experience of a good number of people than anyone liked to admit. And, yeah, and let's not take away the fact that Art Carney and Jackie
2: Gleason are comedic geniuses as They're well. Just Absolutely. The whale of a team. That, that's yes. correct. And they just, they just had it. And that's one of the reasons that those shows are still shown today. People can you know you don't see much uh, Ozzy and Harriet. Our Father Knows
1: Best. You can find them, but they're they're not they're not everywhere. Or you know, and not to say that those weren't great and funny Absolutely. shows. Absolutely, exactly. Because I used to watch Ozzy and Harriet, and I used to watch uh, the Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh, well, yeah, um, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, uh, some and, uh, of those teen-oriented family comedies. Uh, you know, Leave It to Beaver. Well, My yeah, three leave, sons. Yeah, Leave It to
2: Beaver and My Three Sons uh, found excellent life again in syndication. Yes. And that well, that's what
1: we, we are going to know, uh, you know. We may be old, but we ain't that old. Right, yeah, we don't remember yeah. them when we were yeah. on. Uh, but it,
0: The honeymooner stands out against all of that background. Yes. As really, these are, this is the top
1: level of what a 50s comedy could be. And it was, interestingly enough, though, it, it's about the only one that had that particular slice of Yeah, life looked at.
0: Yeah, most were very suburban. Leave It to Beaver, the epitome of suburbia. Yeah, Uh, even Dennis the Menace, uh,
1: is is you know yeah he's a rambunctious little kid, but everybody understands understands that he's not an evil child. No, contrary to what Mister Wilson thinks. (laughs) So,
0: I think we talk about also about how these shows reflect our mindset or influence our mindset, even. This trend goes through even through the early sixties. Uh again, important shows shows that highlighted incredible talent mm-hmm. like the Dick Van Dyke show.
2: Yes. Oh. My gosh. Uh, or Dick the Van
0: Andy Dyke. Griffith show. You know, uh, even Gilligan's Island. Uh iconic shows that took on a life in syndication, but weren't really super groundbreaking.
1: No, no, they, they're, well, everybody knows them, but. They weren't groundbreaking in the sense that. Well, define groundbreaking. I mean, Dick Van Dyke yeah. is. I mean, he's, he's right up there with Lucille Ball as far as yeah. comedic genius. Uh, a physical
0: comedy, but uh, yeah, also. That whole with, tripping
1: over the Ottoman thing. Yes. I mean, that's iconic in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it's the important part,
0: other than the honeymooners, there's very few social statements. Yes, that is true. Well, if uh, it's through the
2: '60s, you're right, and that
0: doesn't even Hogan's Heroes, a very you know popular show, is like you're making fun of the war. Well, what? Yeah, even that's not they completely
2: subversive. No, every every once in a while they dip into something serious. They have that brief moment occasionally in there, but that was rare. Uh, As a general rule, comedies are supposed to take you out of things and poke fun of things, and but and we've talked about this before. Vietnam changes that. Yeah, that's yeah. really the linchpin. Yeah, and it, get, it gets to the point where, when you've got these popular comedies in the late '60s, much of which are rurally focused, which is you know we uh, yeah filmways productions made a huge bunch of them. They were cheap, they were easy, and they people watched them in, in gazillion numbers. I mean, they always had huge numbers. And as you said, Martin, so well when you're seeing body bags come home on the news at night. Television seems to be totally tone deaf to this. Gomer Pyle is the obvious example. Yes, Gomer
0: Pyle, a show about a marine
2: where Vietnam is never mentioned. That's right, and that's and I think in many respects that's when the television producers decide this is not what our people want.
1: Well, this is a case where um, I, I think you could probably make the argument that prior to the mid '60s, when things when when the '60s become dark, the '60s the latter half of the '60s. Um. Well, really, from six, you know, November of '63 onward. Yeah, that's that's it's a, a very that's a, dark that decade. Exactly. Yeah. It. Yes. Very dark. That changed we, everything. Camelot we is don't over. Think about it that much about about it that way because people are, especially boomers, yes. are so because, damn nostalgic.
0: As, as we talked about
1: it, again, the the
0: Pollyanna quality of our entertainment kept on going right on past that. Right. Yeah. But, it you took know, the 1950s are very much an
1: idyllic um, reflection of. How we, how we wanted society to be. And in many cases, yeah. society was. Not how it was, but how we wished it could be. Well, I think we in all, many we ways We all it wanted was. to live in
0: Mayberry. Well,
1: you know? yeah. Or, you know, have that perfect family, like Leave it to Beaver, Father Knows Best. But, you know, I, I think a lot of the 50s was reflective of life at the time. Now, right. obviously not 100%. Nothing is ever 100% reflective. Right. I'm not saying that. But when you get to the 60s and it becomes that dark decade, at some point... You know, because nobody changes anything that that is working. Okay, so it, it has got to get to a certain point and then break before they're going to cancel all those rural, well, or which simplistic comedic shows. Which, but, yeah. but
2: they were still working; they were extremely popular. Right. So it was, but at some point, it was people were going to say, "Yeah." And that's you when, know, and this that's... is fun, but. This is we 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 got to do This is things. weird, you know. That's Maybe it's exactly work it. For us and it's kind of what we talked about, you have to break apart something, you have to break something in order to release the energy of chaos
1: to transform things. Right. So, well, I mean, you know, it's true art imitates life and life does imitate art. And I can make the argument going both ways at any time about so many different things. Yeah. But in many ways I think sitcoms up to a certain point I think until we get really into the meat of the seventies is art imitating life. And once we realize that, you know, like, like Martin says, a show about a Marine that never mentions Vietnam. We realize that art's not imitating life anymore. That's right. That that rural thing uh, with Petticoat Junction and Green Acres, you know, it doesn't reflect the reality of the yeah. Chicago Democratic convention riots and things like that. That's yeah. sure.
0: right. I mean, it's so hard to take and juxtapose Green Acres against, like what you're saying, the, the 68 convention riot. You know, Green Acres is, it's like, that goes back to the 40s with Ma-Pa-Kettle movies. Right. It's like, how does
2: this, uh, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Well, it was well made, it was well written, it was funny. Oh but yeah, it's it, but still it was, funny.
1: It, absolutely, you can watch it. It's still great. Yeah. Wilbur the pig is still hilarious. That's Arnold, right, man. Arnold the pig, Arnold Remember. the pig, yeah. Arnold. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean that stuff is It'd still be funny. One
0: German pig. <laughs> so let me let me let me pop in a couple more. That uh, this is one I'd forgotten about, but kind of rediscovered thanks to Pluto TV. That girl. Yes. Starring Marlo yes. Thomas. Now,
2: you're, now, what years? We're talking... This now, is, this
0: is getting into the
2: late 60s. That's right. So we're still it, talking 60s. This is slightly transformational, though. This is a slight right, term. This is... It's, you haven't gone mod yet. Yeah. But this is, this the is the first one
0: where a single woman's the lead. Now, she has a long-term boyfriend. Yeah. So... You, but it's baby step. Because, again, you move from there to the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Where... Pretty much the entire run is there's nothing about her trying to date somebody. Right. She lives on her own with her life having
1: value outside of a man. Right. Well, and the interesting thing was, you know, they were going to make her a divorcee, but they didn't want Mary Tyler Moore to have divorced Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. And because oh, that's, yeah that's the thing that people would have thought. Yeah. Would have thought. Yeah. 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 And that they, they, they couldn't bring themselves to do, but also it fits better because uh, if you make her a divorcee, you're defining part of her character in, rela- into, as, in relation to her former relationship with her husband. Which when, failed. Which was a failure. Yeah. So, by doing it this way, you know, where she's just a yeah. single woman, that worked out so much yeah. better.
0: And on top of all that, again, a super quality show. Funny. Oh, so yeah. She was tremendous. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. And Rhoda. Yeah, and, and, Rhoda Phyllis. and Phyllis, and Phyllis, and yeah. these ancillary characters were tremendous as well. But it's super, super important, super groundbreaking in that again, it's she's
2: a character of her own without her relationship. And that's the with shift. A man. That's the, is that is the cool. total shift yeah. from from the sixties to seventies. It's it's we yeah. haven't had a, a, a gear change like that in sitcoms yeah. at all so uh,
0: that one to me is that's just a demarcation line right that's there. exactly it and again that girl with Marlo Thomas uh, it's I, the first right, crack first crack in the eye yeah the and so yeah. it's you know that first step towards that and again she's involved in production Betty White Lucy uh, Lucille Ball you know they're involved in the production of these shows and guiding what's on the screen uh,
1: for us Is yeah know, that's a really good point um You know, especially Lucille Ball, but you know there are a lot of women who are are behind the (coughs) scenes getting stuff done that you just don't really realize at the time. I mean, with with Lucille Ball, it's a little bit easier Mm -hmm. to recognize because my God, her name's all over it. You know, Desi Lu. That's Desi and Lucille. Yeah. Uh, But you know, there's there's a lot of that, uh, and you know, arguably some of the best of these sitcoms of the era are female led. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was, Maude
2: is is still the is the quintessential example of by this time the change has completely happened. it's, yeah. the, it's the, oh, I,
1: honestly I find Maude less funny than the others. It is
2: because it's really edgy and in your face. Well, it's heavy feminist at this point. This is women's liberation. Well, it's, on steroids, it's angry. It, it, that's it. That's, and, and, it. that's
0: and, that, and Mary was never angry,
2: right? And that's correct. You know, it, I mean, just different was, approaches to different to, to yeah. different things. But they both had, you know, they were both successful. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned
0: Maud, So this is a good time to move into the seventies, and really the show that starts it all in the seventies. Yeah. Again, that really tumps over the whole apple cart,
2: Yep. Is all, in the, all in the family. That's right. You know the, the genius of Carol really Carter, bringing in Gene Stapleton. the
0: the social ennui of the moment.
2: Yeah. In Gloria your and to- Meathead,
0: and everything about. The early seventies well, is Vietnam right there in the show. Is,
2: is is regularly discussed. Yeah, right.
0: Everything about the protests, everything uh, Nixon about Nixon and social all loop, that's yes. going on. You
2: know, they don't shy just, away from that. That's
0: unheard of. I mean, what? you
1: never talked about Eisenhower and Leave It to Beaver. What? Well, toilets flush upstairs. <laughs> you know, that's that's that what is what the hell has just happened. The yeah. Brady Bunch home didn't even have a toilet in the bathroom. I don't know if you guys realize this. Oh no. But in the show, so the the kids' bathroom that they shared, yeah. Uh, what do they call? It? Uh, I forget what they call the the shared bathroom. There's a term for that. But you see the sinks, you see the shower, but there is no toilet <laughs> in that room. <laughs> well, now, I, 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 I never thought and about Lucy and that.
0: Ricky never slept in the same bed.
1: Right? They had twin beds. Twin so beds. So did Rob and Laura. Yeah, so did Rob and Laura. But, but it's you like, know, when you think wait about where the kids come from, exactly, um, I don't know. But let me tell you. It, I uh, that had to be some crazy stuff because you didn't have room to do much. You're doing work in a twin bed that's right I mean it's like being in college um but anyways the uh you know that whole thing about the the, the bathroom that's how the sensibilities are just so odd. I never realized that until the until one of those uh, HGTV shows they found the outside the home that was the outside model yes and they remodeled the inside. To match the to set. To look
0: like the show with the floating staircase and the whole bit. Yeah, yeah. the whole
1: bit. Now, they had to finagle some things. They had to build, off, build on like a huge amount in the back. But they did it. They turned the damn thing into the house. And it's just amazing yeah. what they managed yeah. to do with it. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the, But they made that point. Here's the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We actually have a toilet now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was still a very 60s TV
2: series. Um, actually, I, in style, it bridges. It, it bridges. It just, yeah, it ends but in it, the But it's also it's a it's, it's a pro. It's very late '60s. Yeah, so.
0: it's a very unique show in the the probably the first one with the blended family. Yes, we always had the nuclear family in the sitcom yes, before. Yeah, so this
1: is groundbreaking in that because yeah, you've right. got uh, you know two people. The presumption is both their spouses have died because there's never, never any mentioned. Yeah, mention no of, of, the of the divorce. Prior one. Yeah, uh, which in itself. You, you don't do that, right. you know. So you there's just, no death, right? But the, and there still isn't because they don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, they they bring them all together into this blended family. Yeah.
2: And from there, you move forward to like the Partridge Family, which was a very similar template, turned slightly aside and added into the music scene, which and capitalized which would have
0: been yeah, trying to grab on that same dynamic as the monkeys and and something exactly. like that. You know, see, yeah. All
2: of that stuff, your culture, you're putting those things. Because in in the late sixties and early seventies, music is huge, yes. And so you're gonna you're gonna take that. Of course, you've got the teen heartthrobs of Davy Jones and
1: David Cassidy and you, you know, all the teenage girls. That's a huge market. Yeah. Oh yeah. So well, you know the the, the Brady's they started their own musical group. That's right. Uh, you know, and of course Davy Jones was on an episode of Oh, I uh, forgot that. That's Bunch. right.
2: Because Marcia yeah. wanted to be with. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. I forgot. Yeah. That. That's right. And, so you.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say again to All in the Family, the first one that's really socially aware yeah, yeah, we don't in this do. moment. And then it's spinoffs uh-huh. start to become important. We've already talked about Maud. Yep. and have about Maude. That show, she's buried for the fourth time.
1: Yeah, which is <laughs> so, which would have been scandalous ten years right, ago. and she has an abortion. Yes. I had forgotten that. Yes. Right. Yeah, that yes. wasn't they incredibly bold it, on their part in yeah, the sense well, that you know this is this would have been done you know not long after it, it aired Wade.
0: it aired i think a month before the decision oh was it before before okay, the court okay. court decision I thought it was came out after, it was very okay. contemporaneous to the court decision yes yeah, so Ron. you
1: know this this is the kind of thing that, that it's it, it, this is beyond third rail kind of stuff yeah, yeah and
2: Maude was known for that it was it was not afraid it was kind of like alcoholism was dealt with on mod that's correct and infidelity and other all also just these yeah. sort of things like that which they've taken what became, once All in the Family was set in concrete and realized we've got a hit here. Let's see how far we can push this envelope. Yeah. So you take it in two different directions. You have Maude, which is this proto-feminist, angry in-your-face push that's going on in the, the culture, and you take a black family and bring the Jeffersons and the Jeffersons uh, and bring them into prominence, and you portray them as this upwardly mobile. Extremely business successful family in a. I mean, they lived the American
1: dream. That was I mean, the whole no point in the show. Well,
2: moving on up, well, they were leaving Queens yeah. to move to well, Manhattan, and, and beyond. It's got, it's it was so groundbreaking that even today you can say move it, uh, moving on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky, and everybody knows what you're talking everybody about. Knows, everybody knows. Everybody yeah, knows what iconic, that means,
0: and it introduced a. Uh, multiracial couple. That's right. On television, Undone. The Neighbors. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to, That was the next place I wanted to get was to The Jeffersons because it's well, amazing and everybody still remembers Sherman Hemsley and, oh, yeah. and all of that is. But, you know, was a not, terrific show.
1: Let's not leave All in Family just yet.
0: Okay, go because, ahead. Because,
1: you know, I think that's an important one to spend a little bit of extra time on. I mean, yes. first of all, Norman Lear was a genius at creating shows. Yes. He really was. Uh, as evidenced by all the, the spinoffs the successful spinoffs yeah right absolutely. They came off of all in the family. but that dynamic on all in the family uh, was astounding because it's not just that you have that you're dealing with these social issues it's how he dealt with them because you've got what is essentially supposed to be uh, by the way that the thing is structured, the protagonist is the bad guy. He's mm-hmm. unlikable in many ways. In many ways, In then, a lot of ways, he's very likable. And but then turned to the be the one you of really both cared Lear about. And Carol Connor, they Let's face it, you know, Meathead and, and Gloria—I mean, Mike and Gloria—yeah, you
0: know, they're annoying.
2: Yeah,
1: even I, though they're on the "quote unquote" right side. of Yeah, all I, yeah, they're right. Usually, yeah. yeah, not yeah. always, but most of the time, especially
2: yeah. Mike Stivic, he is, and that's that's the tension they drilled in. Right. Of course, then he ends up running off. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hated that because
1: I thought the magic was when all four of those actors were in yes. the same room together. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, when they brought Joey in the grandson, yeah, you know that I thought was when Archie Bunker's character really shone because uh, he loved that boy. Yeah. Uh, well, and also now when he owned the bar, after yeah, Archie had, Bunker's place. Archie Bunker's place. That was interesting because they had the the little girl. Yeah. Uh, that was part of that. Yeah. Uh, and it was. It was. It he was a great character because he was complex. Yeah. And even though he was. He was not overtly racist in the sense that he hated everybody who was not white. Mm-hmm. They just made him really uncomfortable. Now, by today's standards, yes, he's a raging racist. He hated everybody. No, he didn't. It's. It's. He just.
0: He's, it, everything was just alien to his experience. Right. And he
1: didn't know how to take. And he it. was ignorant in many ways. Yeah. And that's. But, but he learns. Like you know, one of the funniest things is when he has that transfusion from a black female doctor. That was hilarious. Yeah. I, you know, because it, it it showed him. In many ways, sometimes they showed him the error of his own ways. Uh, sometimes, you know, they didn't. Probably more often than not, they didn't, especially early on. But it's just interesting that the protagonist was the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, quite yeah. often. Yeah. That's an interesting twist in how yeah. stories were done. Yeah. And it was brilliantly done. And yeah. it was brilliantly done. So anyways, I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to. No, no, it's it
0: awesome. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you brought that in because I'm, I'm moving really fast. Well, we need to. because we I want to get to a couple more that we'll mention briefly again the the importance to follow on on the Jeffersons, good times.
2: Yes. I forgot that is also a spinoff
1: of this. Uh, so that's spinoff that's, from Maude specifically, right? Yeah. Florida was her maid.
2: So it's a spinoff of a spinoff. Yeah.
0: Yes, so, so. It, it's taking characters and expanding on them. So it's a working class black family. Yeah, the the honeymooners moved into 1971. Uh, so, Only with kids. Yeah, yeah. With yeah kids. With, so you work in the kids, and then Sanford and Son, not a spinoff, but
2: based taking, on a British comedy. Actually, but
0: yeah, and taking Red Fox, who if you'd the ever dirtiest listen, dirtiest
1: man alive. Yes, if you'd ever listened <laughs> to a
0: Red Fox album, you're like he was on network TV. Because yeah. I mean, if you think comedians today are dirty, yeah, go go back to Red 1970s Red
2: Fox. That's I right. Mean, he was doing yeah. it long. I mean, before, this anybody? is why he was the idol of. People like Richard Pryor. Well, him and Carlin were we're doing it before anybody else, and And, were
0: very popular. And so, transform Red Fox into a TV
2: star. Uh, I was, tell you what, tremendous! Sanford's son Sanford was one of my all-time oh, yes. well, it was! I loved it. You never missed it. We never, you always I watched son. And you know, it's maybe like,
1: it's just because of the the generation that the three of us are. Because obviously, you know, we, we joke about it, but yeah, boomers, millennials, there's a generation between both of you that can't stand either one of you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but <laughs> we talk about how ours is so unique in that uh, we've dealt personally with all of the changes that have happened mm-hmm. uh, both on the racial side you know when, by the time we come around and are of uh, are cognizant of the world around us mm-hmm. and beyond us race is not an issue we do not grow up with that even though we grew up seeing it in reflected in ways in family mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and those those older than us older you know. than us yeah uh, of course, we still see it on television with Archie Bunker, but that's not in our wheelhouse of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, seeing things like Good Times and uh, uh, Sanford and Son and Chico and the Man.
0: Yes, I'm glad you brought up Chico and the Man. Well, these are Which follows Sanford yes. and Son. They were there the same hour block.
1: Uh, yeah, Freddie Prinze was, he, he was lost way too soon. That's He correct. was fantastic. Uh, and the guy who played uh, Chico, the old man, what was his name? Uh, uh, not, Jack, I mean, Albertson. Jack, Jack Albertson. Jack yeah. Albertson. Jack Albertson played the, played man. the old man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, for us, this is nothing to see these non white families yeah. and people in these sitcoms. I never thought twice about why aren't they white? No. Whereas there's people think, well, why aren't they white? Why aren't they this? Why aren't they that? You know, it's like, I don't care. It's just funny
2: because yeah. mm-hmm. they they were all well written, well produced, with great talent. Yeah, on, on both in front of the camera yeah. and behind the camera.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's certainly the key.
2: Funny, even when they were dealing the with serious issues, and, and often they did. Yeah, uh, they they would they would sometimes break the mo. I mean, Mash, which we'll get to in a minute came up around this sort of time and it's yep. it's actually came
1: okay. up with All in the Family well, that's really. right it was it was that new 73 is the first season of MASH. Show it, like it that, is yeah. because the movie's 71 uh, 72 to 83 it's an 11 year show yeah right okay yep. so yeah
2: it's, uh, it's literally they do the movie and then, then
1: they, they the show.
2: rebrand it yeah. over for that and it's designed as a comedy originally but it doesn't stay there
0: yeah, I but mean, yet it, it
1: doesn't leave there either. Yeah. It's what we would now call a dramedy. That's exactly. It was one yeah. of the first, really.
0: It, yeah, Mash becomes this kind of preachy, mm-hmm. almost jump the shark, Alan Alda's pl- pulpit kind of show.
1: Yeah, when he got real preachy and socially conscious, it really. Yeah. There were sometimes times it, it, it worked, and sometimes it did not. Well, that. when he got preachy, I don't. is when I think it just didn't work. Yeah, almost. those are the later like, seasons. Yeah. yeah,
0: early on, I mean, especially. Those first four seasons, probably. I mean, They're Mash the most is
1: funny.
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: Mash is something you remembered. Like everybody who watched it remembered Radar walking in to the operating theater. Yes. And just deadpanning, Lieutenant Colonel Henry yes. Blake's, Blake's plane, plane was shot down the, over the Sea, sea of Japan. Japan. It spun I mean, in. There were no survivors. survivors. Everybody
2: remembers that. It's like, and that you that's and, word for and word. And we didn't see it live we might have yeah we would have yeah, we would might have. have 80 i probably we saw that live possibly yeah. but that was only one time it's syndication
1: we would never yes. have remembered it had we only it's, seen syndica- it once. it's been
0: syndicated enough but
1: Well, it, at our particular age that's probably true cuz we would have been 10ish 11ish that's right uh,
2: we saw it we didn't re- we, we were affected by it but we couldn't memorize mm-hmm. it until syndication came yeah. on
0: but it, when you see it, it now you're like oh it's I, an iconic television, I television moment get why this has that reputation as that moment it's immense because nobody says a word after that and they just they just put the camera on the rest of the characters and they're just there
2: yeah
0: and that's it's a comedy and it's been it's been hilarious up to that moment mm-hmm. and now it's heartbreaking right
1: right right well and you know I understand why that show did not stay a comedy because I mean seriously eleven years. On a three-year war, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that really wasn't about that war,
1: right? Right. right.
0: right. right. I mean, it was a, b- a
2: Korean War TV show that was really about Vietnam. It started out that way, but by the time it ends, that's kind of you're moving away from that, and that's why they decided to, you know, the war piece. That's one of the reasons that they they decided to end it. Is just we've moved on well on. 11 years is a long time for any show that's I mean, great uh, it, it's a well, lot of ground was, cover it for was a sitcom it was in syndication while it was still being aired yes yeah. it was and, I mean, and it that's was,
1: unusual too yeah, I mean, 11 was,
0: years is 11-12 seasons is max sitcom I mean that's Big Bang they got Cheers that level Yeah, gets to 12 seasons a lot of a lot of them do not and they stay memorable even if they only make well, five seasons
1: a lot of them you know they may get like the last few of of mash, yeah. Well, you know, there's probably not nearly as many memorable episodes those last few years. You probably make the same argument for a lot of shows. Uh, Cheers, especially. Uh, Frasier, I think, was probably funny from beginning to end. Yeah. Well, the the
2: last year, if, if it got, well, my wife and I recently rewatched them in order, and the 11th season is definitely different in tone. It's like we know we're wrapping this up, and. A lot of a a lot of the stuff. Some of it is 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 brilliant, but it did not have the bite that the. Well, and yeah, there's
1: there's some you know we got to do some payoff here. That's correct. So you you have to end certain things. You know, like Big Bang. I think that was funny to the last. Yeah, they they didn't change the formula much. No, it it evolved, which is surprising considering that you had uh, you started out with uh, four guys who couldn't get a date to save their lives, and you know, well, three guys who couldn't get a date to save their lives, and one guy. Didn't even care because Sheldon was totally asexual at the time. Yeah. Oh, I got to, you know one of the funniest moments in that was the first night that Sheldon and Amy spent together, and Sheldon mm-hmm. says, "Boy, if I'd known it was like this, I would have done this a lot sooner." And of course, Amy's got the hair that's all you know, <laughs> right, she, and, yeah. and of
0: course, the look that she gives him, you know. Well, I'll see you next year, Amy. <laughs> oh yeah, that is, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh,
0: but you know, so we'll, we'll hit Big Bang more later, yeah. but but I, I mean this is one of those few shows yeah. that,
1: that made fundamental changes to the relationships between the characters and still worked and still, still worked. worked that's right because yeah. oftentimes that's kiss death right yeah. so that's what makes that one particularly special yeah we are like 20 years too early on that yeah because
0: there's still a couple more 70s ones and then there's still a couple of 80s ones to talk about and then a little bit in the 90s so I'm still trying to do chronology chronological
1: order here. Well, it's in order. But, it's important. Well, you but know what, it's since we are of out of order, let's, let's do a bourbon burn. No, yes. say, that's fine. That's yes, yes, right.
0: You're out of order. I'm out of order. This whole
2: episode's out of order. <laughs> nice. nice I, I'm out of order with Michters, actually. Yes, yes, I think it's
0: unanimous again here at Studio M. Uh, we are at the 30th floor of Nakatomi Building. Uh, behind the waterfall, down the hall from Ellis. And we are sipping on the wonderful Mictors again. Um, yeah, truly,
1: uh, this is a, this is why I do need to go get a bottle. Yeah, I was commenting uh, when you poured my first glass earlier that uh, I really liked the bottle because it's uh, evocative of, an, of a classic, you know, saloon kind of look. Yeah, and I like that. I like pull, pull
0: the cork and yes, yeah, walk cork. into
2: the swinging doors, belly up to the bar, and say, "Barkeep, pour me a whiskey. Pour me a Mictors. Yeah. Pour me a Mictors. So,
0: that's uh, right." So thanks again, Victor's. We, we we appreciate you here at
1: Snakes and Otters. That's right. You know, and like I said, this is this has really jumped up to the to the top level of my favorites. It's just yeah. so it, 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 that
0: smoothness
1: is just incredible. Yeah. So it, you know, it's got to be the aging. There are some bourbons that I like because it's not quite so smooth. Every once in a while, I get in the mood for a devil's cut. Yeah. Uh, but you know. When you find one that's this smooth, it's like this you can go to anytime, no matter yeah. what.
0: So if you will indulge me also, a quick shout out uh, of appreciation to Mrs. Martin, who helped yes. with uh, a little homemade lunch, some Korean style pork chops and rice. Um, I helped her uh, mix up the marinade this morning, and I think they came out pretty darn good. I was very pleased. Yes, very and good. A little, a little honey. Fantastic. A little Fantastic. garlic, a little fresh.
1: Grated ginger, yeah. The uh, the yeah. The ginger was very good. You could taste the, I that. I like that. Used to be you could go to uh, uh, not Thai. Uh, what were the places that did the uh, the, the the cooking on the round? Oh uh, uh, Mongolian, Mongolian, stuff. Mongolian yes. Oh, yeah, the Mongolian girl yeah. places, yes. Uh, those sh- places were really good. But uh, I don't say that. Where you? Board. There was one that was. Um, uh, over off Horseshoe and Taylorsville. Oh, yeah. That you got to put your own mix together. Uh, B.D. Mungo's. No, 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 no. That place was garbage compared to the other one. Oh, two huns. Yeah, they, it was a little hole-in-the-wall place over by BW3. Yeah, I exactly yes, where it was. Yes, was yes, yes. yes. Uh, My former pastor took us there. We used to go there all the time. The place was always empty. I was surprised it stayed open as long as it did. Uh, but, oh, my gosh, that place was good because you really, you got to mix more of everything. Yeah. than you did with the other place. I, I loved it. I loved it. You got to watch them
0: make it. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, put And it was exactly tutorial. the way you ordered it. Because, yeah. I mean, you ha- literally handed them the ingredients. Yep. In the amounts that you wanted. Yep. Yeah, love it, love it. it. So was It was great to have, get the steak. The steak and plenty of rice. and the, I always love
0: the carrots and the water chestnuts mm-hmm. and all that stuff.
2: You're good. making me hungry, too. We need to skip a little bit. All right, oh, man, I'm stuffed.
1: How can you be hungry? Uh, it was good, though. It was uh, too... But before we go on, since we are doing... Um, uh, sitcoms, and we are at a break. Uh, we should raise a glass to uh, the late great Bob Saget. Oh, oh yes, yes, absolutely. Full yes. House, which uh, I and get it. Fuller House, a, a long live
0: show. I mean, not necessarily groundbreaking, but successful. It's yeah, successful. It, was, well, and...
1: it had some groundbreaking elements in the in it, if only in the the kind of characters they put together. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, it was one of those extended, fa- one of those really first extended family kind of yeah. situations. It, I mean, it, it sort
0: of became a trope that uh, sitcoms at that stage were always about the single dads. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, that's not really normal, <laughs> you know? But just, Full House and Blossom and a lot of these other ones, it was always about the dads because they wanted a guy to lead the show,
1: right? So, but you know, also single dad. You know, nowadays the single dad's a, a, a character of scorn yeah. and ridicule because that's what dads are on sitcoms. Yeah. So you know, I raise my glass to him for playing a good dad. Well, he did very much so, yes. and he had comedic chops. He was a talented guy. Gone way Another guy with a the dirtiest mouth ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, his his stand up comedy incredibly dirty. <laughs> yes, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't realize you didn't know that. Yeah. He's known for being. He could really move back and forth,
0: kind of between the worlds. Yes. You know, he could, he could sell you as the innocent, nice guy dad, but then you know the comedy could be. Could get rid. That, that's kind of why it was vile, but it was a big deal to like roast him. You know those those roast shows. Yeah. You know he would be mentioned quite a bit, and I think he had his own roast. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, uh, to Bob the late Saget. great Bob, Bob Saget. Yeah. Uh, sure.
1: He is definitely a missed. Uh, light too, in the gone too early yes All
0: right. so a couple more from the 70s that I want to hit uh, again unusual successful but one day at a time yeah uh, again the, this idea of most of the time the females are shown in relation to a man this That's- is a single mom with teenager, or older kids right. girls so it was a very unique show yeah no, no, Sally
1: Bertinelli and um, Mackenzie Phillips, Phillips and Phillips, yeah. Bonnie Franklin as
0: the mom, uh-huh. um, and of course, Pat Harrington, famously is Schneider, the building superintendent. Yep, yep. Um, and then this one's not unusual, it's just kind of your standard workplace comedy. But Taxi, yes, was very oddball, very unusual. It was, yes. It's one of those stories of kind of the straight character trying to hold the world together. With all these oddballs. Uh, So, of course, famously launches the career of Andy
1: Kaufman. Uh, You know, it's a very... Well, and, you know... Out there. People who became very famous, even if for only being, you know, character actors, uh, came out of that show, too. You know, Tony Danza uh, came out of there. Judd Hirsch. Christopher uh, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, excellent actor. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Henner. Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, and of course, Danny DeVito Danny on top DeVito, of all yes. of them. Uh, you know,
0: Danny DeVito's still out there. You're like, how does this guy still have acting jobs? He's he's four foot three, but you know, there he is. He's that brilliant. That's he, why. He's just uh, he's just got that comic knack, uh, and just did a great job in in Taxi. Yeah. Uh, if you've never seen Taxi, you should look it up. Again, they, almost everybody in the cast went on to huge, bigger and better things, and it's such an oddball, weird show.
1: It's um, one of the few ensemble, uh, truly successful ensemble yeah. workplace. Because you know you've got Barney Miller. I was gonna say you got to make. Yeah, Barney that was Miller. the next one up. That was uh, You've got uh, uh, the Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore show uh, with the in the newsroom. Yeah, you know uh, what was the, that? Wasn't the regular Mary Tyler Moore show, but what was the name of that one? You uh, Grant. Lou Grant. That was, no, that
0: was Mary Tyler. Moore. Was that Mary yeah, Tyler? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah. It was kind of focused on both. It focused yeah. on her
1: home life a little bit. That's right, yeah. And, and Luke Grant is a, is a drama that was it later. is. It was, uh, it was yeah, the same,
2: you know, the spin-off. same guy, but exactly. And it was, uh, it was a complete change around. Music. It,
0: yeah, a great ensemble of mostly unknowns
1: at the time. At yeah. the
0: time, that was about a job that most people can't really relate to. This, you know, this taxi company. And all the people are cab drivers. It's like, why would they be interesting? Uh, Another similar show, the workplace comedy, that became very iconic, WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Was it three seasons? Yeah, only three or four seasons. But it is...
2: Oh, my gosh. Some yeah, of the be-
0: but it's very memorable. Again, the the episode about the...
2: Uh, the turkeys. The, the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and, and the tornadoes. Oh, Howard Hessman. And ha- oh, yes, Howard, Howard Hessman. He we well, he raise our, so our so glasses. to that And, Hessman. One. and no, let's just say does. the word right now. Booger. Booker. That's right. Got to do it, man. You so, got to do
0: it. Uh, Debbie Carapy is Cincinnati sure. with the, the great characters, well-written, mostly also unknowns at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned Barney Miller. We we've talked Barney Miller before. Yeah, eight seasons. This is this is it successful was really stuff. good. It was a workplace comedy that was even more limited
2: than like a Taxi because it's, I think the only set was the squad room. Uh, essentially, now the first I think there were a couple of others. The first season had Barney's apartment, which they and uh, they quickly yeah. just moved, moved away from, away from that, that because Barbara Barry was his wife. Yeah. She she just stopped. They just stopped appearing. She would occasionally guest. And they would have the occasional out somewhere. They went to Fish's house once, and occasionally
1: they'd yeah. have a, a set somewhere. Yeah, but it's basically but in it's front of a live audience. Yeah, it I is. Think, it is the almost the wet dream of the the set decorator. Yeah, because it never changes. You do it once and you're done, right? <laughs> I mean, even,
0: taxi was mostly at the at well, I don't know, whatever you call it at the garage. The garage, but, yes. but they had bar scenes and. Right. They went. WKRP would go to different houses or locations and the mall. But Barney Miller, most of the time, this is more than so very, than the others. Yeah, this is kind it of a only, play. It's a yeah. live performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's that almost was,
2: like a play. With and it was one in front of a live set, audience, one stage. And it let these guys because they they do this stuff in one take. Yeah, you know this is some this is some good stuff. They here. really riffed, and it was it was tremendous. And you Barney got Miller some was, tremendous talent on that show: A Vigoda, Hal Linden. Uh, Jack Sue, God bless him. He's one of them. I mean, they—they they actually Ron Glass was Ron tremendous Glass, and, and, Steve uh, Landisberg, Steve Landisberg, yes, that's right, yes. Dietrich. I mean, we—we, we, uh, Ron Matt Carey, Gale. all these folks, uh, uh, James Gregory. Uh, oh, I mean, James I, Gregory. Oh yeah, can't say enough good things it, about
0: that. James Gregory had always been a you know a dramatic actor, serious. He
2: had serious parts. Well, yeah, he pl- he played General Ursus uh, under uh, in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, right? Which, ironically, I didn't see until I knew him. In, as Inspector, <laughs> Inspector Luger, Luger. Thinking, this I can I'm having a hard time <laughs> believing this guy as this badass super gorilla ape because I'm hearing Inspector Luger. you hear, you hear all the goofy shit that, that used to come out of Inspector Luger. That's day I I don't Whatever you know. So he
0: was one of those guys with a great
2: voice. Oh, he was
0: like a Strother Martin or something. But had an amazing voice that you always knew was him right at the moment. So I think you know, there's more in the '70s. Uh, Mork and Mindy, important for launching Robin Williams mm-hmm. um, and we didn't talk Get Smart, we didn't talk uh, you know, Barely Go a... we didn't talk Happy
1: Days yeah, Happy Days is iconic you, yeah. we still
0: talk Jump the Shark uh, but you know what,
1: I, that phrase still just annoys me, it happened in the middle of the show not the end of the show, darn it Yeah. well that's yeah. right, but it was It's but something they, that people remembered well, yeah. Well, but I, people say, "Well, the show was gone the next year." No, it wasn't. No, one, was it? No, it was another five years. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, they were still number one, even yeah, uh, in the ratings for a couple of years after that. But I mean, you could also say it as an expression of the quality might have gone down. Well, and that's what it, it's the epitome
1: it. of. Goofy yeah. is doing the shark jump, and and that's why I get, but yeah. it's people taking Which was not it supposed to be the show.
2: It was. I mean, there are other goofy shows that can get away with that. Well, this was not. It was changing what was supposed to be the yeah. show was about. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's people.
1: one of those things where it's set 20 years earlier than it airs. And yet it it, it still does some of that socially conscious yeah, kind so of stuff. Yeah,
0: it still had more of a 70s sensibility even though it's set in the right, 50s. Right. Right.
1: I mean, it's still very much it's kind of true to the 50s. It's yes. like I think there's only ever one black character on there. And you know, granted in 1950s Milwaukee, he may have been the only black guy in Milwaukee. But um, and he made an appearance. Yeah, uh, but it's it also mutated from it was
0: supposed to be about Richie, right? Mm-hmm. And then when Henry Winkler's Fonz caught on, then it became a cultural phenomenon. That's what it you know they mutated it into always being about the Fonz, basically. But he was the one that was on the lunch boxes. Right,
1: not so much Richie. <laughs> yeah. well, you
0: know, Richie well, was in the background, and Fonz was a. He how was do you do we already Boston. had lunch
1: boxes. We didn't, so we didn't need to have Ron Howard on yeah. lunch boxes. But All you right. know, before we go any farther, real quick, because I know we're you know fifty three yeah. minutes into this, we said we, we'd be hard pressed to keep it under an hour anyway.
0: Well, I think we're going to have to let this one go to one fifteen. Yeah, easily. no question.
1: But you know, one of the things I want to point out is that every decade is a reflection of what's going on. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So that's in right. the fifties, exactly you have some I very idealistic edge, yes. kind of stuff going on. The Honeymooners is the the exception to that. Yeah, um, I think what's groundbreaking about the Honeymooners is not so much that it's working class is as it is that it's just it's a little over the top. <laughs> it's almost vaudevillian in that sense. Yeah, yeah Because um, Ralph Craner can't catch a break. Right, oh. he can't catch a break. Yeah, uh, he but always you know, loses. It, it, Most of them are still very much an idealized form of uh, family life, one way or another. And and you could say that's kind of true about uh, Ralph and Alice, because they love each other no matter what. The the show often ends with them kissing. Right. Yeah, so it's... You know, so even though he pretends like he's going to beat the crap out of her, he never lays a hand on her. To the moon, Alice. To the moon. One of these days. And one of those days never comes, you know. But, you know, when you get into the 60s, you have an element of fantasy, because I think even when you talk about those rural comedies there's an element of fantasy absolutely because oh, yeah. it's not real world oh not at all in that same way
0: is very much time out of mind
1: right I mean that's that's you know, uh, you know
2: that was their intention
1: right well it it also harkens to a simpler time yes but I mean you've got I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched so you've got that element of the fantastical there yeah. uh, and, and, and I just and, I don't just mean that that uh, outfit that Genie's wearing yeah You'd I mean enhance. even
0: Mayberry is like well, they they still picking up the phone and talking to the operator in person. Right, you know. right. Get, get me, get me, uh, get me Helen over at the diner. Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: uh, but you know, there's that element of uh, fantasy in the sense that aren't these wonderful times that 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 they're living in?
2: Well, there are many, and those who were adults during that time now harken back because most of those are aging out. Yeah. Um, they still say, why can't we have shows like that anymore? And I'm thinking there never were shows like that. There shows like that, but the world was never like that. Uh, but that's,
1: that's the thing, though. Uh, your entertainment, it's okay for, the, for that. Right. But the, one of the reasons why those got canceled, as we've mm-hmm. talked about, yep. is that they didn't reflect the world. So when we start moving into the 70s, our comedy, our sitcoms are starting, just like the movies. We yes. talked about how everything went from... You know cowboys and Indians and uh, big budget epics and all that to John Wayne doing a you know a cop
0: yeah to the French Connection
1: you know and Dirty Harry and Dirty 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 Harry you know very very rooted in the real world so are sitcoms and you know even the ones that are ensemble uh, like the cop show and Barney Miller you know it's still rooted in real world they talk about it's rooted in the mundane. Yeah. In well, the, and the trivial mundane. and the mundane. Uh, especially that. I mean, you can almost make the argument that Barney Miller is a precursor to Seinfeld. There's, there's a lot of truth to that yeah. because yeah. they're making something mundane but, I mean, funny. But it's, it's still set in the real world in the sense that when there's a blackout in 1978, it happens on the show. Oh yeah,
2: they celebrate the bicentennial in they 76. They celebrate the bicentennial. Yeah. The energy
1: crisis is often mentioned. It's, it's yeah. very much where so you so are. things I are inter- rooted. And everything. everything is rooted in the real world. Whereas I think when you get to the 80s... I know you're probably not quite there yet. No, it is where I'm going next okay. is the 80s. So when you get to the 80s, things are rooted in the real real world, but often I think we've gotten rid of the, okay, we're tired of being having all the negative stuff of the 70s. The yeah. 70s sucked. Uh, as a decade, generally speaking, was not a great decade. No. And when you get to the 70s and you get things like, uh, granted the I mean to the 80s and granted Three's Company is at the tail end of the 70s and into the 80s yeah. uh, that's probably your first real romantic sitcom yeah. relational sitcom uh, I, I can't think of that doesn't that,
0: involve people who are actually dating each other
1: right or related to each other yeah. or related Weird. to each other yeah, yeah it's not, not workplace and it's, it's not family life exactly it's, it's, it's different it's the pseudo family right it, it's friends before friends yeah uh, in that respect yeah yeah, um, it's more positive, not quite Pollyanna, but it's it's more about it's more positive outlook on things. Yeah, it's
2: it's more fun it's,
1: than most of the others. Yeah, it's designed to be more fun. Yeah. Not necessarily funny, it. they're all funny. Yeah. But it's lighthearted, more lighthearted. A little
0: more vaudeville slapstick. Yeah.
1: Well, that you kind know, of tradition. And, and, uh, taxi is not not unlike that either. Yeah. Um, you know when you get to um, uh, Family Ties, you know, and yes, and oh, I'd forgotten about family ties. You know, families, I mean, how you forget about family ties? Uh,
0: you know. I love how that later on would tie into Spin City, where when Michael J. Fox had to leave Spin City, mm-hmm. he said he was moving to Washington to work for Alex P. Keaton. Oh, I didn't remember that. To work for nice. Senator Keaton, Senator from Keaton. Ohio. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. So yes, yeah. uh, all in the fa- uh, uh, family ties. I completely forgotten about, but that was an it, it was. Really a big deal in the eighties. It was. Yeah, that it was, was it was it was, it was, Alex Newton was it the was guy. hugely popular. But uh, the eighties to me, uh, again we'll have to skip a ton of seventies ones that I love, uh, Bob Newhart,
2: oh Dukes Bob of Hazard, you have all these we have to go pa uh, shoot past. Well but Dukes
1: of Hazzard isn't really a sitcom though.
2: It's hour long format. And it's on location outside most of the time. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's not within a set. Comedy, but it's not really yeah. sitcom. It's, it's funny, but it's it's, it's, it's... it's an attempt at blurring that line. Yeah,
1: because there's I mean, a little bit of serious stuff occasionally. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. It's a very, it's very to different thing. It's yes. funny.
0: But to me, the 80s are defined by the Cosby show. It, yeah, it, when it comes to situation comedy, It, it was yeah. the number I think
1: Family
0: and Cosby. I they go together. Cosby is... Cosby
1: is the black version of Family Ties. Family Ties is the white version of Cosby. Um, so it's it's not just
0: that it's a black family, you know. It's taking that next step from the Jeffersons to not just a successful business, but here's a doctor and a lawyer, black doctor, black lawyer, live, you know, their family life, right? Uh, and and. I mean, there was a time, it really was, it was the number one. It was oh, it the was, phenomenon yes. Yeah, it uh, defines the, the 80s more than anything else. So, you know, and then, again, quirky weirdness comes back with things like Night Court.
1: Yes. You know, it was a, very much a successor to Taxi. Night Court was a good show. It really yeah, was that, was, that show. was another workplace sitcom that was uh, just one of the funniest things ever. Oh, yeah. just, yeah, just a hoot all the way through. Yeah. Um, some of that is just some phenomenal writing and just some phenomenal acting from all of them, yeah. from Marky Post, from John Larroquette, Richard uh, Maul. Richard Maul. Um, just, it's
2: just so many good... Yeah. When, good. When, when, you, when you get that great, wonderfully written
1: characters put together with fantastic actors behind them... Well, the chemistry between those guys. That's right. The yeah, chemistry between John Larroquette and Marky Post... <laughs> was great. And I don't just mean the romantic was, tension. Yeah, I mean she wasn't
0: tension. even the first one.
1: No, she was the second one, I think. Yeah. Second or third one. So and yet yeah, she's the only one you remember. Yeah. Uh, not just because she was I mean she's beautiful, yes. But she and, and uh Dan Fielding played so well off of each other. Yeah. She yeah. recently passed away too. She did, yes. That was uh,
2: much younger than she should yeah. have, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: She uh really did a nice turn on uh Chicago P D. Oh, did she? Yeah. From that, Yeah. Okay. So, but Ellen Foley, I think, preceded her, right? Uh, sounds right. I, I, think I don't remember the And name Ellen that. Foley, famous for singing with Meatloaf. Oh. See? That, it's everything connects. Everything's connects. Everything connects, that, that's that's everything connects yeah. Um, everything goes back to Rocky Horror somehow. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. It all <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know,
1: Bless in my, my way. soul. Hoppatootie, bless my soul. So, it all connects. Yep. Um... You know, in a way, the '80s there—it's not the decade of the sitcom the way the '70s was. Well, uh, you, you have uh, medical shows the, cop shows the medical and the medical
2: takeover. That's when Hill Street Blues becomes a big phenomenon, and that yes, starts it. it. It's St. elsewhere. It's elsewhere. Rings L's. from that, and then you get you know uh, NYPD Blue and a few other uh, those those dramas,
1: hour long dramas, become. Preeminent, yeah, come back, yeah, yes. yeah, and that's that's um, just what so, it, what people wanted. So other than you know the Thursday night shows, uh, Cheers, uh, yeah, which we had. so we had Family Ties, we had Cheers, we had Cosby and Night Court. I think those were the four that were back to back on uh, NBC, and, and they and they ruled, they ruled right. the night. Yeah, yeah. It must was, see TV is what they called it, and that's
2: that's where the phrase was was brought yeah, about yeah, for I that. mean, the, NBC Thursday night owned television. Yeah. Really, it, it was. It and was if I recall correctly, at ten o'clock it was Hill Street Blues. Uh, I think you am almost correct. positive. Yeah, yeah something like that. So yeah, Thursday I think was an NBC so icon. Yeah, I'm it mean, was. Ruled. Yeah.
0: So you you move from that then to the tail end of the '80s and into the '90s, where there's another big sea change because now
2: there's a new player on the scene in Fox. Yes. yes. And what gives? Which, Fox, which they didn't, we never thought would ever happen. They yeah. didn't think it was. Had, it, yeah. They thought it would
0: die. Fourth of... You know, that's not, there's not enough viewers. Yeah. But what gave them staying power and legitimacy was a little comedy called Married with Children, yes. which also turned out to be like an
1: 11 season, you know, as long as Match and cheers and everything was yeah. on. Yeah, it had legs like... And it, nothing else it so was the opposite like Kelly Bundy Cosby. is that what you're about to say <laughs> no because Kelly wasn't known for her legs she was known for something else yeah. yes that's right
0: but it, it was the, that subversive moment where it takes Cosby and tumps it on his head right where it takes the honeymooners and tumps it, it on
2: had, his head it he had an
1: edge that was very raw at times so oh the thing yeah, I, I always nice. said about Mary with the Children one of the reasons I liked it so much now granted I come from a somewhat dysfunctional family uh, more so than many uh, was that they had the courage to say out loud whatever they thought about their family. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, yes. in many respects, it's it's the 90s version of All in the Family, of that messed up version of folks. That, uh, yeah, but yeah. with less of a social message. Well, that's correct. It's, yes. it's more comedic and it's more internal than it yeah. is external. But Peg Bundy is a
0: very unique sitcom character. She is. Um, you know, you were never supposed to... De- you could depict the husband as kind of a doofus. Yeah. But to depict... The mom, yeah, as lazy, layabout, money grubbing. You just you didn't do that. Yeah. Moms were the saviors of the families, right? Right. And so here she's like, she's just, she's, she's just, just as it. useless as the husband is.
1: Yeah, yeah and less and, useful because he actually goes out and works.
0: Yeah. So it was very, you know, very radical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't think anything of
1: it now, but for you know, 1990. It well, was, it would it still dis- be radical today because it's one of those things that almost none of the shows we've talked about could ever be made today. Uh, either because of the content, because even All in the Family, you couldn't make today. Because yeah. even though it was socially conscious for the day, mm-hmm. Archie Bunker is not a character that would ever be allowed on television. Uh, Al Bundy, with his very sexist approach to things, would never be allowed on television today. And, and I'm not saying that, that I bemoan the fact that there are no more Al Bundys. But I do in the sense that it was a raw form of comedy yeah. that w- it, it, it that raw comedy is important Yeah. because in its own way it can make you think. Uh, in many ways it can make you appreciate the family you have. Yeah, no. And uh, then that was, you know, again, we move from that one to something
0: like Roseanne. Yes. Very similar. Very, very similar uh, type again, of thing that there. that color, to that. Blue Roseanne a,
1: was a female-led mm-hmm. honeymoon. Yeah, In many ways.
0: It's much more akin to The Honeymooners mm-hmm. yeah. than, than even Married with Children. Um, the Simpsons. I was going go to say, you got to go to The Simpsons. you got to talk about Because the
2: ultimately, that's been the anchor upon which the Fox yes. television network has subsisted. Yes. It's the consistency. I mean, Tracy Ullman's show was, eh. Uh, she's she she's great. She's fine comedian. that show, yeah. She, she did a fine job, but it just... It, it didn't last, but The Simpsons took Friday on shows there.
1: are notoriously difficult to. to
2: you, it's just not going to stick. Yeah. I mean, you get a
1: year out of it. I think that's what they had. I don't think I mean, they, I don't if they had two. Uh, it, SNL works only because of multiple. Well, there are several reasons. SNL works because you change the cast. Yep. And it's on at late night, so you don't have to have a large audience. Yep. You don't have to have primetime numbers. And then you have to have enough people that just don't care that it's not any good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think of one like uh, In Living Color, yeah,
0: which, which was Lightning in a Bottle for Fox as well. Which yes, it was. It was. Um, uh, started, started, started off a variety Jim show. career, yeah. So as a variety show, and so even that couldn't yeah. sustain as well as that was done. Um, but other, you know, again we, Roseanne, Simpsons, Full House, Family Matters. Yes, and then, like yeah. I said, Big Bang to me is the op. You know, it's the flip side of Family Matters, where Penny is Urkel. Yeah, she's the oddball, not Urkel. Um, you then move to the '90s with Friends. Yeah. very
1: groundbreaking. Still holds up. Sort
0: of. It's sort of a family show, but they're not family.
1: Right. It's not a workplace. It's sort of a romantic, but not entirely, because yeah. it goes back and forth. Yeah, which is yeah. which was the freshness of it. That's yeah. one of the reasons that plus the character. Well, it yes. was the snark. That's true. You know yeah. Chandler. To me, Chandler's the heart of the show. I'm not Ross and Rachel. Not Monica. Chandler's Chandler, the heart of that show. Yeah. Because yeah. of his snark.
2: Yeah. The insecurities.
0: Yeah. And the snark is like the odd mix of what a great character that is. Yeah. Um, Designing women. Oh yeah. Another yeah. another big time Golden Girls again. Female led. They're the center. You know the show. Movie um, Murphy Brown another important
2: one. Yeah. Were the scene is subversive at the time. Yeah, It really was. Uh, it was. It, it took that edge of feminism and really went hard with it at times. Uh, and I don't want to say it, it was as always as funny as some other shows, but it, it was wasn't. very well written, though. It was it's well written. I mean,
1: you know, Candace Bergman, she's, she's a phenomenal actress. Yeah. Uh, and she, you know, I watched the show. She was funny, and it was fun most of the time. But, you know, there were times when it preached. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah, it, it, I almost never like a show that preaches. No, exactly uh, you know, right. If I want to be preached at, I'll go sit in the pews, yes, or I'll listen to my own homilies. But you know, I, heck, I don't even listen to my homilies. But you know, it, usually when comedy tries to preach at you, they fail. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think she failed. That show failed when it did, just as most of them do, because um, yeah. it's it's hard to be funny and preach at the same time. That's why, as I, any good preacher will tell you. It's hard to do both. Well, yeah, and that's one of the reasons
2: I think it died a premature death. Uh, it could have lasted longer had it been tooled a little but differently. We, uh,
0: yeah, it was kind of a thing where we've done this before, Candace. We, we listened to Alan Alda for 11 seasons. We're, we're yeah. not going to listen to you for 11.
1: That's right. Well, and you know, maybe it's it's just the fact that it was female-led, it didn't play as well that way. Yeah. Because, you know, there are preconceived notions of how women should be on certain Yeah. But and tell- and at certain still, times,
0: it had, it had all been
1: done. It had,
0: yeah. And so there, was, she wasn't really breaking a ton of new ground. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's like a freshness that. that must be present in yeah. every well, good she, successful. There public. was an element
1: to that because I mean, you know, Candice Bergman on on, uh, uh, on a sitcom that was pretty that was pretty big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, Sybil Shepherd doing moonlighting. You know, that's not a sitcom as close. Well, i was going to say you could make the uh, argument you could make an, an argument it for it, but it also is serious too. yeah yeah, uh, it, was, it was another one of those dramedies yeah you know. and it was it was a romantic comedy and it was a romantic comedy but you know the fact that Sybil Shepherd was doing a uh, television show was a big deal because she has a big name so right. was Candace Bergman. And ironically
2: um, Sybil Shepard is probably better known for Moonlighting because of the quality of that show than many of the things she did before that
1: oh yeah yeah well I don't know uh, she was in um, I can't remember the name was it was uh, well she was a favorite of Robert Altman right yeah, yeah, she was in the Last Picture Show. The, the Last Picture Show—that's yeah, the—that's that's, that's, yeah, that's a yeah. big one. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, in a related movie. That, but I mean, yeah, she was in movies and she was a big yeah. deal and, in the
0: '70s. But yeah, the same thing. Candace Bergen had been a film actress primarily. Yeah, and, and that looked, was
1: back when film and TV actors and actresses really did. Yes. It was hard to make the shift. Yeah.
0: So to to attract a Candice Bergen and get oh, her to be on TV um, was wasn't buddies. Place.
1: We didn't even mention that. Yeah, yeah that's a groundbreaking show. Well, that's that's your career. Yeah. that's in yeah. the '80s. Yeah. I mean, you got two guys dressing up as women to live in a hotel cheaply. Yeah. Every man's dream, except for dressing up as women. Yeah. So, moving from the
0: 80s, uh, again, we kind of hit the 90s already a little bit with Seinfeld, (coughs) a show about nothing. Which they were openly honest about
1: it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
2: And it was was, a rule no growth. That's right. But But the writing was so solid.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Not all the time. I yeah, I thought Seinfeld could be funny, but I didn't think it was always funny. I thought, by especially by the time we get get to the end, all I could think of those guys were they're the biggest bunch of freaking losers I have ever seen on television. Precisely because of the rule, there is no growth. Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, we'll
0: we'll explore that in a Seinfeld episode. Yes. So I just want a a couple more to talk about real quick before we finish up um, that I think are. Again, maybe not the greatest shows, but were unusual and have a pretty devoted following. The Office. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, not one that I know a ton about, but I know this idea of the mockumentary, the documentary style that it's done in, where you're intermixing these character interviews done in character is, is now something that has been carried forward to things like Parks and Rec and Modern Family. Mm-hmm. <coughs> And then the other one uh, is is one of the few that I watch right now, uh, Mom. It just oh, ended. Okay, Kath,
2: uh, Kathy. Uh, Alice and Janie. Alice and
0: Janie. Sorry, yes. Yeah, right, yeah. uh, so that's a show that's primarily focused on recovery of substance abusers. Uh, no, it's a so just... Chuck Laurie. Chuck Laurie's had a he's had a heck of a uh, track record, uh, almost to the Norman Lear level, because yeah. Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly. Um, Northern exposure, no, uh, so, his. Uh, so not even a uh, sitcom, but yeah. I want to say that was So his. Um, you know, he's kind of like up there with Dick Wolf. Like if you turn on the television, you're probably either watching a Dick Wolf or a Chuck Lorre show. Uh, Big Bang is Chuck Lorre. Yeah. Um, Bob loves Abba.
1: Shola is a Chuck Lorre. Um, I've not seen that one yet. So, but again, I don't watch. Once you get into the 2000s, I'm really not watching nearly as I'm much not, television. But,
0: but uh, Mom is really good. Even though It's one that they tinkered with and experimented originally. It was going to have more kids in it. Uh, the, Anna Ferris' character, Christy, it included her kids. They kind of gradually wrote them out and made it more about uh, the friendship group. Um, the Kind of the, the substitute family group and, and the meetings. Uh, um... There, Jamie Presley mm-hmm. is
1: wow good. Uh, my just, name is Earl.
2: My name is Earl. It, oh, it, uh, Home Improvement. We didn't
1: even mention oh. that. How did wow! We How that did we miss one? that? one yeah. Yeah. No, that was it's yeah. a, a
0: fantastic so, show. Uh, and again, these performances yeah. of the uh, actors. Again. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, I mean, there's these yeah. are some really good stuff. That was a very very long lived one, <clears throat> but I just uh, Mom I think deserves that mention because the subject matter is very unusual yeah. for a comedy. Yeah. Uh They're all. You know, substance abuse, and, and it's very frank about what they've yeah. done and what they've been through, and the recovery process and the meetings. And, yeah. and again, the performance of Allison and Janney and, and Jamie Presley are just boom.
1: Right you know, off the, the interesting thing about television right now well, first of all, regular television uh, seems like there's almost nothing that's worth watching on any of the networks. Mm-hmm. 'Cause half of the shows are some kind of reality or dance or singing show. And honestly I have never cared for any of them. Or a dating show like you know, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette kind of BS. Yeah, don't don't even get me started on my loathing for things like The Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Robert will occasionally watch that stuff drives me nuts. But if that's what she wants to watch, then she's got her own television, she can do that. But, you know, I find that the best shows are on the streaming services. Yeah. Now, but the interesting thing is, there's not a whole lot of sitcoms. That's on not streaming, streaming service. They don't seem to now, do that. Now, there's a little bit of, of that kind of stuff, but it's very, very rare. Uh, but still, though, the good quality writing, the serious writing, tends to be on those. So I, there's not been a whole lot of, of sitcoms that I've been watching, which is really funny, funny odd, not funny ha ha. Because that's, I mean, sitcoms are my thing. That's what I watch the most of. Uh, when I was younger, and now they're a dying. Green. Can we, we say that? No, I mean there's just so many channels and so many things are on. There's probably plenty of sitcoms on. I just don't have the time to search them out. You know? Well, I mean so uh, much
0: ground has already been plowed. There's <clears throat> just, exactly what is there left to do?
1: Because uh, you know we're talking. What about, type of
2: a hook can you
1: get That yeah. has not already been done? Right. So we're a, talking with a, with seventy a, years of television, give or take a little, a mm-hmm. little bit less, but se- we'll take seventy years. Um, and Especially when it comes to comedy And with everything being available to be streamed Or downloaded nowadays Everything that's ever been done practically is available yeah. So it, It's a lot harder to take Comedy I think and repeat it Simply because it's, Comedy is situational yeah. More than it is character driven mm-hmm. Now you can have character Because Big Bang is character driven comedy That's rare, but again, that's lightning in a bottle. Uh, Just from my experience, you know. Now, Barney. Now, but it's now probably the best of them are character driven. Frazier is character driven. Yeah. Uh, Barney Miller was character driven. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, But you know, much of what of the comedy that's on there is more situational, uh, or those particular characters in that situation. You know, it's like you take those characters anywhere else. They don't work anywhere except in that. <coughs> um, which is or probably be, true for most things, but it just it just seems like... I don't know. It just seems like it's... Like you said, all that stuff's been done.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so hard to make something that doesn't feel derivative. Or when, contrived.
1: Yeah. Uh, like that show about the, the guy who was, a I think, a photographer, and he works with a bunch of millennials, and he has to come in from the field to keep his job. And so I forget what the, how they're getting their... Their images, you know, downloading it from the internet or whatever. But the whole thing was, you know, millennials and this guy clashing. This guy was only like ten years older than them, so it's not like there's a huge difference. Yeah, you know, he might have been the tail end of our generation, but I don't even think he was that. Yeah, uh, I think mean, he was probably like first of the real millennials, and he was dealing with the younger ones because the the quote that I was remember from that show, and I don't even know what it was, what the show was anymore, because I never watched it. Was this girl, she complains about. I've been on the job for three weeks and I haven't gotten a promotion yet. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's a millennial. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. And to my millennial children, I don't mean that to you guys, but you yeah. know that's the stereotype. Well,
0: when you when you look at this stuff, you start to research some of this and you try to refresh your memory on all the shows you loved, and then you realize that during the decade of the '80s, there were more than 240 sitcoms on at one time or another.
1: Wow stuff that
0: lasted three weeks or six weeks well, how do you have you have something original? Uh, even sometimes the original stuff doesn't last right yeah, because they I remember there was one in the 70s again this aired for like three months and I think here it was preempted for basketball most of that time but it stays with me even though I was 12 years old, it's a show called Quark.
1: Oh my gosh, yes! Absolutely. With oh, Richard Benjamin. Yes, I in, space, that. The, in space Garbage Man in Space. Yes, Garbage yes. Man in
0: Space. It was Quark. And I was like, this is so weird and different. I like it.
1: Yes, that was a great and show. And it's, it's never coming back. No.
0: That's right. Yeah, and, and it So it's like, even the oddball stuff, the, the fresh stuff, doesn't catch couple.
1: on. How do we miss the, the odd, odd couple? Oddball. It's oh, on my, my list gosh. here.
0: I, did, I had to run past it. Yeah, The odd God. couple... Uh, you know, so Neil Simon was somebody that mm-hmm. right there with... with uh, Well, we again, that was a those play creators. and yeah. a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, but it's it's churning out from from him. Um, so anyway, that was terrific. Uh, again, listeners, episodes on things like Frasier... Um, Seinfeld. Seinfeld are coming up. We'll have to add Big Bang probably to the to this. Yeah, segment. we definitely should do a Big Bang. You're assigned Bang. to do that, Robert. Oh, okay. All right. And so, that way you can get it all where you would want it. <laughs> if you, you can <laughs> captain the Big Bang uh, episode. All right. So, at an hour and 20 minutes, I feel like I let y'all down that I
1: didn't get this one going a little earlier. So, um, That's all right. Every month has got to have one extremely long episode, it seems. What you it's doing? usually not the pop culture.
2: Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, so, here's the big
2: question. Francis... What's next time, buddy? You know we're we're going back we're going medieval on your ass again. We're going to go back. It's kind of a a second part sort of kind of not really. Oh well, of, of I mean history. you can't do one without the other. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about the Knights Templar. We're going to go deeper into that. We did the we did the one on the crusades. We're going to talk a little bit deeper on the Knights Templar next time. it has got a great show called Nightfall uh and lots of other things we can talk about. Don't miss it.
0: Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal
1: questions. Remember, new episodes published every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com.
2: I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.